0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are alive. So a new poll that the Heartland Institute commissioned through Rasmussen has gone viral. And for good reason, the poll results are stunning, revealing massive potential voter fraud in relation to mail-in ballots during the 2020 election. Also, our poll asked respondents to weigh in on what punishments Donald Trump should endure if he is found guilty of election fraud crimes. I'll warn you right now, the results are pretty outrageous. We're going to be talking about all this and more on episode 427 of the In the Tank podcast. welcome to the think podcast as always i'm your host donald kendall and joining me i've got my full crew i've got jim Lakely, vp of the heartland institute how are you doing today good sir
1: i'm doing fine i'm exhausted from all of the uh, media requests that i've gotten from this poll booking you guys here there and everywhere uh it's a good tired to be because
0: um i think this poll changes the conversation about this issue maybe forever Oh, we'll get into it. Chris Talgo. Wait, Chris, do you have an interview coming up in like two minutes? Do you have to run and do that? No,
2: no, no. Uh, I actually uh, got the call that he wanted to do it
0: uh, early. So we, oh, we completed it uh, before the, the podcast. sweet deal. That is the voice of Chris Talgo, editorial director here at the Heartland Institute. How are you doing today? Good, sir. I'm doing good. Yeah, I think this is, you know, this is great. Uh finally we're getting to the bottom
2: of what really happened in twenty twenty. And you know, it's three years later, but you know what? It's better
0: late than never, Donnie. That's right. And we also have Justin Haskins. So guys, uh what
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hey Chris, you didn't you didn't bomb that interview, did you? You did well,
0: right?
2: Of course I did well.
0: Crushed it. Crushed <laughs> it. Just Justin Haskins. It, Haskin. it, it was it was on, my my, my good old friend, Alan Nathan.
3: Oh, okay, that's right.
0: Socialism okay. Research Center how are you doing today good sir I'm doing I'm doing well fantastic fantastic how much going on <laughs> kind of slow <laughs> lately we've got we've got a lot to cover ladies and gentlemen i am completely sans notes yesterday you know usually the day before i'm prepping all of the notes and everything that I want to talk about and some potential questions that I'll ask uh, the, the table here. But yesterday I was so busy I didn't have time to do any of that. Um, and of course it was decided pretty early on that we were going to dedicate the entire episode to the poll and the results and all of that. And we're going to get into it because the, the media has been running wild with it. Chances are you've heard it on one... Th- Uh, One source or another, whether it be an article coming across your feed, whether it be the radio or if you're watching Fox News last night or watching the Trump rally last night, you probably heard about our poll so, we're going to get into all of it. But before we do, I always have to put that call out there for everyone, especially those that are listening to the audio only on iTunes. First off, leave a review for us on iTunes. It'd be greatly appreciated. And also, you could join us a day earlier on Thursdays at noon central time, where we are live streaming this on Facebook and YouTube and Rumble and Twitter. And you could join the conversation, throw your comments and questions in the chat. Maybe we'll show your comment on the screen. Maybe we'll address your questions on the fly. You could also support the show by uh, using that super chat functionality. We've got that enabled. If you want to Guarantee your comment or question is read on air. Also, uh, hitting that subscribe button, sharing this content, uh, just hitting the like button or leaving a comment on the video all helps break through those big tech algorithms that prevent content like this from being shown to more people. Gentlemen, the poll. We should probably just jump right into the results. I don't think we have to leave anybody hanging. Uh, I think probably a lot of people are already familiar with the results, but uh, we should just get into it. Then we can talk about the origin of it and uh, kind of how far spread the uh, just basically relay what happened over the past 48 hours uh, in regards to this poll. But let's just let's just do it because it was released in two sections. I'll just talk about the first section first. We can get into the second section towards the end of the episode. Uh, but the first the first uh, the poll was basically designed to, to get to the bottom of potential voter fraud, uh, talking about mail in ballots. So this poll commissioned through Rasmussen, They reached out to uh, people that voted in the 2020 election and asked them just straight up questions about whether or not they committed fraud if they were using mail-in ballots. And just top line results. 17% of mail-in voters admit that in 2020, they voted in a state where they were no longer a permanent resident. That is fraud. 21% of mail-in voters admitted that they filled out a ballot for a friend or family member. That's fraud. 17% of mail-in voters say they signed a ballot for a friend or family member with or without his or her permission. That's fraud. Even if it's with permission, it's still fraud. And 8% of likely voters say they were offered pay or a reward for voting in 2020. That's fraud. So, Justin, just, um, I don't know, we don't have to get into the origin of it quite yet, but just your general reactions uh, uh to to these numbers
3: my general reaction is you're welcome america <laughs> you're welcome it wasn't easy it wasn't easy donald donald and i started out by uh you know w- years ago having a dream of saving america That's and right. yesterday or two days ago that dream was uh finally realized so you're welcome <laughs> Um, you know like in all seriousness it's uh it is beyond my wildest uh dreams and imagination what the, the the results of the poll I mean um it just was incredibly shocking just incredibly shocking I said on numerous occasions prior to the poll because this this was, I mean, I started working on this poll, um, oh gosh, I don't months know, ago. six weeks ago. Yeah, month two two months ago. I had the idea for it a long, long time ago, like many months ago. Uh, actually, the first draft I think I did write months ago. And I remember bringing it to Donnie in particular and saying, hey, what do you think of this idea? And, um, and to other people in my life as well. And the reactions varied a little bit, but it, often it was sort of like, is anybody ever? Is anyone really going to admit that they did any of these illegal things? That was kind of the main thing. And, and I remember saying, well, look, I think that that happened. I think there was voter fraud in particular with mail-in ballots. And I think that if we could show just, you know, 5%, you know, and, and, and at most, like if 10% of say Democrats admitted to it, like that would be a huge headline like that. That would be enough to maybe change the election results. Instead, what we got was something that was like four times more than what I ever thought possible Um, around 20%. And that's a conservative figure for reasons we can get into a little bit later. But about 20%, about one in five mail-in ballots, according to our poll, were uh, likely illegal, fraudulent for a variety of different reasons. Um, And it could be actually much higher than that. Um, this unquestionably, regardless of who committed the fraud, so let's just say that right up front. whether this was mostly Democrats or mostly Republicans or mostly Trump voters, mostly Biden voters, putting that aside for a moment, uh, the election was clearly tainted by this. Like there's just if this is even close, if even half the amount of fraud that happened here is it, it occurred in reality, uh, if even half the amount of fraud we captured in this poll actually occurred in reality. Then the election was incredibly tainted. Right. And uh very possibly we have the wrong person in the White House right now. That's possible. So uh we need to, I don't know, look into this, start asking questions. <laughs> and by we, I mean like the government of the United States, uh, state <laughs> officials, state lawmakers, uh, because this is as Donald Trump said, and you're probably gonna pull up the clip, so I'm probably jumping ahead, right? But um, That's- as Donald Trump said, this is the biggest story of the year. It's the most important poll released in the last 20 years. That's not an exaggeration. I mean, I bet you, I bet you can't find a poll in the last 50 years more important than this one. Polls are usually not that <laughs> so, this is This was stunning, the results of it. Just just beyond anything I could have possibly imagined. Yeah. But, but I will just say this, because some people um, have said, essentially, this just... Automatically, I'm going to pretend this isn't real because it just seems too crazy. But I will say this we have never in the history of this country sent the vast majority of people ballots in the mail. We've never in the history of this country had 60 something million people vote by mail. We have never in the history of this country overnight essentially said all the normal verification systems or many of the normal verification systems we have for voting, we're just going to throw them all out the window. They don't matter anymore. None of those things have ever happened. Never in the history of this country have we had this many people vote as voted in 2020. And so much so that Joe Biden got more, a guy who basically never left his basement for the entire campaign, got more votes than any person who has ever run in the history of the United States of America, including Barack Obama, who was wildly more charismatic and popular and filled stadiums full of people. And by the way, number two on that list, is the guy who lost in that very same election, Donald Trump, who who holds the record for most votes of any person who has ever run for president as an incumbent president, and yet he still lost. And so how do we explain all that? Well, I think this poll actually gives you the answer. A bunch of people voted, committed fraud, and that fraud explains the vast majority of the, I think, 20 million additional ballots that we saw from 2020 compared to 2016
0: yeah so when justin approached me with this idea like i like like he said it was like months ago and i remember like oh yeah you know it's a really great idea i just like we have to figure out you know like we have to word it in a way that's not like accusing anybody of fraud just like you know like like did you do this and the in the most like uh, accepting way uh you know obviously not trying to like pull the wool over anybody's eyes but not like did you commit fraud by doing this just ask them if they did this you know and i still thought if we were if we were like the luckiest people in the world like maybe that figure would come in at five percent which would still be noteworthy considering the margin in some of these states really aren't that big um but yeah, the, when, when I saw the results come in, on like, I think it was Friday we got them. <laughs> I, like, I, my, I seriously was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I like literally said it out loud. But Justin had this idea. You know, he, he was talking with Rasmussen about it. They were excited about doing it. But you inevitably had to go to Jim and say, hey, Jim, can we commission this poll? Jim, what were your thoughts when uh, when Justin approached, uh, approached you with uh, this idea? Did you have any idea that it could be uh, uh, this big of a percentage at the end of the day.
1: No, not at all. In fact, when Justin, I loved the idea, um, and it was worded the, the questions and you can, um, uh, you can see the questions if you go to the page that Andy had up, um, all, all the way through, you see the, the poll questions and the results uh, one by one. Uh, you know as you mentioned Donnie, we didn't say did you commit voter fraud in 20 in the 2020 elections like no uh you know we didn't ask uh, did you help somebody stuff a ballot box you know or a drop box somewhere on a, on a street corner at 3 a.m. no we, we didn't ask that we just <laughs> described what is voter fraud and that seems pretty innocent and shocking numbers of people said they had done those things uh so when justin and i were talking about it you know, I, my concern was like, well, this is going to be a waste of money. This is going to be a waste of th- this could very well be a waste of Heartland's very valuable uh, resources. And, you know, we, we we're supported by supporters who donate to us to do good work. So my, my concern was that, you know, if we get a return. If we get results like 5%. You know, I was hoping for at best 10%, a nice round number with two digits in it. I thought, you know, that would make it uh, justifiable. It would make a little bit of noise maybe, you know, among some people in the right-wing media. It might get mentioned on a talk show or two. We might get a couple invitations uh to speak about it on a radio talk show or something. And instead when it comes back where one in 5 voters admit that they had committed some form of voter fraud, and you have to remember these questions got to overlap, right? <laughs> so you could have done one. You didn't have to do all of these things. You could have just done one of these things. And maybe that person did two or three of those things. Uh, so it, it's it's remarkable. And so that just absolutely exploded. I mean, it's it's been all over the media. We have not had a media week this busy um, in quite a long time. And it's because this resonates with people. This is This is a number that is so shocking that it is impossible to ignore um and i'm going to get into what why i think this absolutely changes the game and the way we can talk about the 2020 election again we can and in fact you know th- this i hope everybody listening and watching this this podcast please like it subscribe and leave comments too, because the YouTube algorithm is going to crush us for this. You're not allowed to talk about this stuff. So we decided to hell with it. This is too important. We're putting it, we actually have running on both of our channels right now, um, because this is too important. This is too shocking. This is a real threat to our to our democracy as the, as the left and the media like to say, this is the actual threat. Not right, only yeah. the nonsense they dream up,
0: yeah, I, I definitely want to get into implications of all this, too. Uh, but first, Chris, uh, what what were your kind of initial takes to to either maybe, maybe give the answer to both of these? Justin's initial idea and whether or not you thought that it would have uh, numbers returned like this. And when we actually sent the numbers around and you saw just how big they were, what are your thoughts about all of it?
2: wow uh I, I i'm you know still a little bit surprised that people were you know this honest about the poll but i i i think and i told you donnie this and i told this suggestion as well that now that we're three years out i think people are probably going to be much more honest about it as opposed to if this were done you know months after the election or a year after the election um but really donnie what this what this poll did was it uh just you know proved what, what i already thought was the case and that is that the 2020 election was you know not free and fair and that the mass mailing of tens of millions of ballots you know but was, was a very uh, poorly planned idea and it uh you know resulted in uh, widespread voter fraud i think that that's just like common sense i mean you know i know we're going to go into the details later but you know uh, the state election rolls are the voter rolls are notoriously inaccurate. And for for states like California and you know several others to just mass mail ballots to every single person who is you know registered as a voter, I mean that's just like you know setting them up for fraud. So I think this just uh, you know uh, like proves the point that I already you know thought, uh, and I think that um, it's probably going to spark a larger conversation that we need to have.
0: Uh, yeah, so I, I want to get into the implications of it, but, you know, uh, it's not super often that we have uh, uh, stuff emanating from the Heartland Institute that goes viral like this. This is probably like the biggest spreading thing that we've done, <laughs> I think, in my, my 10 years here. So I just want to do a little bit of a victory lap and kind of outline some of the uh, some of the things that have resulted from this media hits and all of that. So on the first day. Um, Justin, this is Tuesday, right? So the results released Tuesday morning. Justin, you started off the day on Glenn Beck uh, talking about all the different results. And then in the early morning, we saw articles rolling in from the Washington Examiner, uh, Town Hall, uh, Daily Signal, The Blaze published Chris's op-ed. Um, and then we actually saw one of the first responses from the left. And we could talk about this too, from The Washington Post <laughs> trying to say, "Oh, there's nothing to see here. Let's just move along. Let's move along. But uh, that didn't that didn't do much to stop the flow because later in the day, Trump posted on Truth Social. And I didn't believe it for at first when I saw the 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 screenshot of it on Twitter. But here it is. Andy's got it right here. All in caps. This is the biggest story of the year and Republicans must do something about it. Don't be Mitch McConnell and his gang of rhinos. Have to make a move now. Get tough. Get smart. Our country is being stolen. And then he links to Heartland's poll. Right. He didn't link to the Washington Examiner article. He didn't link to Rasmussen. He linked to Heartland's Heartland's post. So that was that was pretty huge. Uh, later in the night, Breitbart posted it. It was on the front of their page for a while. Just the news, PJ Media, and then uh, so that that was pretty wild. The highlight of that day was Donald Trump posting about it. That was kind of what was uh, keeping me buzzing throughout the rest of the night. The next day, Wednesday, I get into the office uh, to a hail of interview requests just flying in from every direction. So there's there was multiple interview requests coming in. Chris fielded like three yesterday alone. Uh, I was on the Charlie Kirk show in the middle of the day and on the Charlie Kirk show, he said, you know, during the segment, he's like, oh yeah, Trump posted about it. Let's bring up Trump's post. And he read a different Trump post. Trump posted about it a second time. I was, I was like, oh, I wasn't even aware of that one. I've got multiple interviews coming up. i got one later on tonight. I got a couple going on tomorrow. Um, I think, Justin, you've done a few. Jim's done a few. It was an all hands on deck sort of thing to field as many of these requests as possible. Tim Pool covered it. Justin got a, uh, a message from a certain producer, uh, which was pretty exciting. Justin, do you do you want to reveal that, or is it like a secret or anything? Or
3: yeah, I mean, well, so I mean, it's on a hundred percent final. Obviously, it's not a hundred percent till it actually happens, but. Um, I got a phone call from uh, Tucker Carlson's producer at his new network that he just launched actually this week. And he told me that um, he is or the producer told me that Tucker Carlson is incredibly, incredibly excited about the poll. Loves it. Wants to have someone uh, wants to have me on to come talk about it with him uh remembers the days fondly they didn't use that term but that's how i interpreted it from when i used to go on the show back when he was at fox and that they want to uh do a do a deep dive on the poll. and so right now we're tentatively scheduled for next week we're going to be doing that i got to go to a studio again which is like a nightmare as donnie knows i hate going to remote studios but i got to go to a studio to do the interview remotely um, it could fall through. We'll see. But um, I don't think so. The way they talked about it. They're very excited about it. So that's obviously huge. It's going to be. Uh, the and, and, and I mean, in Donald Trump, Donald Trump citing it twice. And he also brought it up um, at a campaign rally. Right. That's um, right. Yeah. As <laughs> yeah
0: well. so, so, yeah, there was like a, mean, another there was another wave of articles that came in. Uh, that was relating to Trump's call for action. Uh, Zero Hedge, Washington Examiner ran another piece, the uh, Epic Times. Uh, it was on Jesse Waters on Fox last night. And then, yeah, I thought the next Trump rally was on the weekend. So I was waiting for Saturday to see if he brought it up. And then I just noticed, I saw like through some notification that he was actually having one in Iowa, like a rally last night. So, of course, I tune in and within the first like five minutes of the of I think of the whole thing, but it was of the broadcast that I saw, he brings up the poll as being like a super important thing. I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, could this be spread any further? Uh, While Justin was talking, we did get a super chat from Christine saying, congratulations, Heartland. Now your voice is really being heard far and wide. Thank you, Christine, for that. But yeah, I mean, Jim. I mean, you've been in the organization a little bit longer than all of us. Um, How does this rank in terms of uh, media coverage of of something that we've been a part of?
1: I I think it's absolutely number one, because for one thing, it's not done yet. Um, Mark Levin, Levin, I know, it's going to keep going. I mean, Mark Levin mentioned it on his nationally syndicated radio show last night. Mike Gallagher mentioned it on his nationally syndicated show last night. Um, I've been collecting... Huh, Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino
3: as well. Another national. Oh yeah, Dan
1: Bongino show as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm having trouble. I didn't put, make a whole list, but I've been trying to collect as many of these uh, audio clips as possible. In fact, I'm starting to build a uh, media uh, reaction page that you can find at Heartland.org um, on on this with the clips, the audio clips of these people talking about it. I mean, I've never seen anything like it with Heartland, and and what what's um, what's amazing is because this again, this kind of it gives people permission to talk about this topic again. I mean, we've been, everybody knows who watched the 2020 election unfold, that this didn't seem right. They knew it in their gut. Um, And so, but whenever there's been, there's been plenty of talk and plenty of so-called evidence brought forth to, um, you know, supposedly prove that the election was rigged or stolen and, you know, stuff like uh, a clip. I think I saw one just a couple of weeks ago, clips of somebody, you know, stuffing, going to a Dropbox and and putting like 300 ballots in it, which is illegal. Um, We've all seen the clips of, you know, them blocking the windows as they did the count or a van, you know, security camera of a van pulling up, um, you know, behind the building and, and bringing in all of these ballots at three in the morning. And those kind of things, while I think they're pretty they're pretty strong evidence that that uh, the election was fishy, it could be explained away by the by the apologists for the regime and the people that c- try to control our speech in this country by saying, well, you don't you don't know what was in those boxes. You don't you don't know what you don't you don't know what, what those ballots said. Um, and so but this cannot be denied. That's why I think this actually changes the the conversation going forward, because we need to talk about it. And I think we should we, we should all be talking about it. And this gives people permission to talk about it again, because one in five voters who mailed in their ballots admitted to one form or another of voter fraud. That can't be denied. You can't just say, well, you know, that's a deceiving Uh, statistic or you don't know what that what that camera actually shows and just because they won't let you um, film the count or supervise the counting of the votes doesn't mean that 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 they didn't count it accurately this can't be denied and for too long in this country we have allowed the um, social media companies and uh, to, to to stop people from talking about this we've allowed you know the media has been gaslighting us pretending that none of this stuff ever happened and now with this poll, we see that it did happen, that people all across the country committed voter fraud. Now, they may have done it innocently. They may not have known what they were doing is illegal, but it is. And so now we need to talk about it. And now we, sh- we should talk about it. And I think this is going to be a big topic all the way through to the 2024 election, because if we don't get a handle on stopping, and there's our, there are almost no safeguards to stop almost all of this, and we need to change that because if you don't have a legitimate election, you don't have a country. You don't live in a representative uh, republic. You don't have democracy, as the left says. You have something very different. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a government or a society in which the people choose their leaders. It's definitely something else.
0: Yeah, there, there's a comment on the screen right now talking about uh, uh, the idea that the the numbers that we're saying the the one in five or the twenty percent probably understate the numbers. And uh, one of you said this. I think Jim, you were talking about this that they there's an overlap surely, but not perfect overlap. So the number this is like a minimum number. And not only that, not only that, but like I can imagine somebody getting this uh, this poll and then asking you know these questions, and I can imagine somebody's like lying and saying that they didn't do it even though they did but what's harder to imagine is somebody saying that they did do it even though they didn't so it's like just like factoring in those couple of things like it's probably even more and then um so i do want to get to some like policy stuff and maybe even sort of the history of some of the the voting laws or whatever i've, I've heard justin kind of talk about this in some other uh, context but i want to talk about it here but uh the the other thing that i want to mention uh talk about with all of you is just the idea of What we've seen so far only really from the Washington Post and maybe a few commenters or anything like that, some detractors trying to like dismiss this out of hand. Right. And the Washington Post article was probably one of the most embarrassing rebuttals to a story that I have ever seen. It was just full of faulty logic and terrible just like uh, takes on all of this polling in general. But uh, one of the things that I've that I said, and I'll let you guys respond to this. But um, one of the things that I said is, like, if there's people that are questioning this, like, go do go do a poll. Go go do a poll with someone that you think is even more reputable or whatever. Ask the questions how you that that uh, that you wanted the the questions to to be framed. And I want to see what your results are, because maybe it won't be 20 percent. But are you going to be content with 15 percent? Are you going to be content with 10%? Is that an acceptable level of fraud? Is 8% an acceptable level of fraud? So, any of these people that are out there just trying to dismiss this poll, get behind doing another poll. Either, either you know, uh, counter what we're saying or, you know, confirm it. All right. Cause I just don't buy this. Like, oh, we just can't take any polling seriously. But, uh, Chris, um I, I think you've seen some of the kind of the the response to this, trying to kind of poo poo it a little bit. What is what is your take on trying to basically defend these numbers in this poll?
2: Well, I think it's interesting that uh, most of the mainstream media is is just not touching this subject because I think that they're afraid because I think that they are worried that if this gets out into the mainstream, which it is, regardless of their, you know, ignorance of, the, uh, you know, the, the story of the poll. Uh, that it's going to, uh, you know, resurrect the questions about the 2020 election. And I remember, you know, right after the 2020 election, you know, days and weeks after, you just were not allowed to even question it. It was just like the, the chilling effect was was in, was stunning, you know. And then, unfortunately, you know, January 6th happened and that just made then they they kind of like bumbled, like bungled it all together. Whereas if you are questioning the election, then you're pro-Jan 6 and just all this kind of stuff. But now I think that the dust is settled and we're a couple of years out. I think that people are starting to you know take a clear uh you know approach to this and I think that this poll you know just uh, resonates with most people because like Jim said earlier, common sense dictates that what happened in 2020 was you know not normal and it was you know probably you know full of fraud and you know the mass mailing of the ballots. Um, you know, just, just all the shenanigans that happened, you know, the, the ballot harvesting, you know, in Detroit where they put, you know, the, the, they covered the window. So you couldn't see what was going on the weird stuff in Georgia on election night where they had the pipe burst. And then, you know, apparently they were hiding, uh, Uh, mail-in ballots in suitcases underneath the table. It's like all those things were just immediately declared like off limits by the mainstream media. And unfortunately, if you even brought up some of those things, you you were just ostracized as an election denier and all this kind of stuff. But I think, you know, now that we are actually getting closer to the 2024 election, people are starting to look back at 2020 and say, hey, wait a second. We want to make sure this doesn't happen again. So let's go back and, you know, kind of, you know, like look look back and see what happened. And I think that this poll is, you know, striking is is lightning in a bottle because it really just, you know, I think it hits home with so many people who were afraid to voice what they really thought at the time. But then they look at this and say, yeah, I knew it and this that's why it is you know making you
0: know so much uh, you know hay with the, in in the media yeah Justin, uh, take take us back a little bit here cuz uh, what what is the context of this i've seen some people talk about it and be like oh well is this just for 2020 like what's the mail in fraud rate of elections prior to 2020 And my natural instinct was there was not nearly as much mail-in voting before 2020. So what was the situation prior to it? Well, obviously COVID kind of led to this, but can you, you know, elaborate a little bit on kind of where we got to in 2020?
3: Yeah. So the highest, roughly speaking, the highest um, percentage of ballots that had ever been done through the mail prior to 2020 was around a quarter. So, um, and I believe that was in 2016, 2018. And that came from, um, largely states of uh, some states, a s- relatively small number opening up the possibility to people to do mail-in balloting who didn't have some kind of special need to do mail-in balloting. Some states have allowed that for a while. Um, but, uh, very few, the vast majority of places, generally speaking, you had to have some kind of an excuse in order to vote by mail. So, you're in the military, for example, um, and so you're not stationed. Maybe you're not stationed where your permanent residency is, or or maybe you're uh, overseas or something, um, or you're traveling and you can't get back in time for the election, or you have, or you're in a nursing home and you can't go to the polls because you just physically can't do it. You're disabled. Like there had to be an excuse. Usually, you had to formally request in a lot of places um, for an absentee ballot. Um, there were, like I said, some places that didn't do that, but for the most part, that was generally how things went. Everybody, the big debate, people, people, you know, kind of, we haven't talked about this a lot, but the big debate used to be, should you have to show an ID? That used to be the debate. It was assumed that you'd be voting in person. The question was, should you have to show an ID to prove you are who you are when you vote in person? Then 2020 happened. And all of a sudden it wasn't a question of whether you had to show an ID. You weren't even showing up in person. So of course you're not going to show an ID. The question then became, well, who gets the mail-in ballots? And basically the the left and Democrats said, we should just give everybody mail-in ballots because it's too dangerous for people to go vote in person otherwise. And in the vast majority of places, that policy won out. And in a lot of areas, the legislature didn't even approve it, but the governor just came in, uh, a democrat governor typically but sometimes republican just came in and said this is what we're doing we're doing mail in ballots everybody gets a mail in ballot because nobody wanted to be blamed for furthering the spread of covid right this is 2020 so covid covid started in 2020 in america it was a big story in america in 2020 so people were still really afraid and the left used that fear to dramatically increase mail in balloting so we went from about a quarter in 2016 2018 or so Uh, of ballots being mail-in ballots to it jumping to about 43 percent okay so we went from a quarter to 43 percent but that only tells part of the story the total number of ballots also dramatically increased over the same time period so not only was a higher proportion of voters voting by mail there were more people voting generally by about, I want to say it was 20 million, 20, I think it's 22 million, but it's, it's around 20 million additional ballots from 2016 to 2020. So we had more ballots by 20 million, and we had a much higher percentage of people voting by at home. So when you actually go in and break down uh, the numbers, what you find is that there were 159 million ballots cast in 2020 election total. 68 million of those were roughly, 68 million of those were cast by mail. This is way, way, way more by tens of millions of ballots than we had ever seen cast by mail in another election in America. This was unprecedented. We don't ever do this. And so for the first time, we started doing that here and we didn't have any policies or very few policies in place to make sure that people who were casting these ballots actually were the people who are listed on the ballot envelope or the ballot. Now uh, this, this kind of gets to the origin of it. Um, I had long suspected, and I had said this to numerous people over the past three years, I had long suspected that the primary form of voter fraud in America and I didn't know exactly how much there was, but I just I just guessed that this would be the primary form of voter fraud was people in a home casting ballots for other people who live in the home who just don't care. So you have a husband who's political or a wife who's politically active or a husband who's politically active and the spouse is not. And you come home and you say you're watching, you know, you just imagine the picture, right? You've got a let's say a wife, for example, but could be a husband who watches Fox News or CNN all the time. Every single day, they're constantly watching CNN. They're hyper politically focused. And then the spouse doesn't care at all. Right. And so the, for, for the for the wife, it's like this is the most important election ever. Right. We're going to throw out dictator Trump or we need to stop, uh, you know, J- Joe Biden. And they're trying to g- get Trump and all this stuff. Right. So hyper, hyper, you know, a lot of focus on this. And it would be so easy for that person to say to the spouse, hey, you know, uh, you're not voting anyway, so I'm just going to cast your ballot for you. And you can imagine the spouse sitting there on the couch with potato chips, watching the football game, saying, whatever, just leave me alone. That's fine. Now, that's voter fraud. That's, That's voter fraud. But most people... You know, because it's happening in the house, you don't necessarily see that. And so I I long thought that that kind of thing was prevalent because you're just sending ballots. Everybody's trapped at home. It's 2020. Nobody can do anything. You're sending ballots to everybody. Everyone's just sitting around driving each other crazy. And politically active people think it's the most important election ever. And you know, they're twisting the arms of other people to vote in their homes. And so you can just imagine them filling out people's ballots for them and sending them in the mail. Not only that, but the only kind of verification we had in most places was signature verification, which I don't even necessarily trust because who's checking the signatures and what's their motivation and how do we know they're really doing their job, right? But if you live in the household... If you if you're forging the signature of your spouse, you can do that. You know what your spouse's signature looks like. It may not be perfect, but you might kind of get it right, or they might just sign the ballot anyway. You fill it out and you hand it over to them and they sign it and you mail it, right? So it's it's it would've been so easy to commit fraud. And guess and this is the thing that was so crazy about it. How would anyone know? How would anyone know? You don't have any, there's no videotapes of this. People aren't turning in their spouses or their adult children or their, or whoever, right? Like they're not going to do that. So how could you ever catch this from happening? They created a system where it was so easy to commit fraud. It would be almost impossible for people to catch it. The only way to prove that that kind of fraud is happening is to do what? Ask people if they're doing it and hope that they're honest. And that (laughs) is exactly what we did, that was the genesis of this whole thing. Let's just ask people and see what they say, and so we did.
0: Yeah, Jim, I feel like, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like when we set off as a country to just do this mass mail in balloting because of COVID is the justification, I feel like I recall. Some people saying, "Are you sure about this?" Because I feel like it could lead to fraud, and then they were just dim- dismissed out of hand. Am I am I recalling that correctly? Is that did that actually happen?
1: You are. Uh, first of all, I, I when last time I was on, I um I, you heard some clicking going on in the background. I had my uh my my tiny fighting Trump uh <laughs> doll get ready here, so I apologize for that uh from before. But yeah that that's what um that's what we were told um you know and and another thing that uh, another You know, you showed that Washington Post piece that um, I guess Philip Bump is a is a complete uh, (laughs) lightweight and a and a joke uh, in journalism circles. Uh, And so, yeah, he he wrote a column trying to debunk the poll uh, with some very, very weak sauce. I mean, if that's if that's their opening salvo to try to suppress this story, not that the legacy corporate uh, corrupt media needs any help with that, but the, the what we would hear before what 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 we what would we hear, Justin, we'd hear it's like, you know, well, of course, you know, there's some fraud. I mean, there's there's always some fraud, but it's not widespread fraud, and it is not at the level that could affect uh, the results of any election. Um, Georgia, what was that? thirty thousand votes? Arizona, what was that? yeah, we we looked these up. But um, you know, it was t- only just tens of thousands of votes. I think in one place it was under ten thousand votes, which is what swung uh, swung a state one way or the other. Um, what this poll shows is that we're not talking about a little fraud here and there. 1 in 5 votes <laughs> mailed in were fraudulent. That's not a little bit. That's widespread fraud. And Justin you're you know you're 100% right. This is it was a system set up to make it easy to throw an election, to commit voter fraud. If you are interested at all in having a, an election in which people will trust the results, you can't do this. And so you have to ask yourself, who is interested in, who. Uh, let's just put it this way, who doesn't care whether half the country will, will buy the results of the election as legitimate? The people that are in power right now, that's who, um, because they don't care about the integrity of the elections. They don't care about um, half the country, frankly, and don't give to mm-hmm. Poops about whether or not um voters for uh Donald Trump think that the election was legitimate. They actually don't even care about that. All yeah. they care about is power. Power is all they care about. And so if you wanted to set up a, an election system in which you could assure that you were the ones in power, this is what you would do. It as Justin said, it's impossible to verify these things. Um we go on a trust system, you know. You just trust, mm-hmm. and again, in the past, an absentee ballot, you'd have to have a good reason for one. And in 2020, we threw all of that out. People in the comments here have noted that, um, you know, they they had several ballots mailed to their house. We saw story after story after story about people, um, you know, that were in, you know, they, they would get multiple ballots mailed to them or they would have it with the wrong address. And so they would throw them out because they had integrity. But there were all of these unsecured, easily fraudable ballots all over the place in 2020. And you couldn't talk about it. You weren't allowed to talk about it. Social media conspired with government to stop us from even talking about this. Mind you, Democrats have not accepted the results of a presidential election. Actually, they've only done it twice in the last 23 years. When Obama was first elected and when Obama was second uh, elected, reelected the second time. Those are the only two presidential elections Democrats have ever called legitimate. To this day, there are members of Congress who will say that George W. Bush is, was not a legitimate president And then, of course, uh, and of course, Donald Trump wasn't a legitimate president. Uh, Jamie Raskin, who was on that farcical January 6th committee, um, stood up in Congress in in 2016 and refused to certify the election. All of these things the other side gets to do. And when there is lots of evidence in 2020 that things were not on the up and up, um, anybody and everybody is silenced, shamed. And um, suppressed and and knocked down for this. And and Chris, you mentioned January 6th. Do you know how and why you get a January 6th incident? What the left would call direct action? Mm -hmm. Because you don't allow people to talk about it. That you don't allow people to, you you don't allow any investigations into this. And the reason is because once you, once an election is over, judges, the judicial system in this country is extremely reluctant to overturn an election. It it very, very rarely, rarely happens. It happens sometimes, I think it's happened a couple of times in the last year or two years in a local election, like a small board or or a city council or a mayor's race. There is no way the Supreme Court was going to stop the certification of that election. It just would never happen. And the ones who um, cheat and cheating does happen, know this. So they don't care about any of that. They just got to get across the finish line with one more vote than the other guy. And then it's over. And so we have to, in 2024, I hope that members of Congress are are, are reading this poll. I hope that states across the country that are controlled by people who care about elections have read this poll. We must put in place protections for the vote because there is nothing more sacred than that. Every single fraudulent vote cast takes your vote away, cancels you out, makes you a nobody in your own country. That cannot be allowed to happen in the United States of America. This has gone on long enough it has to stop.
2: Hey, Donnie, just, I just want to add a couple of points real quick. Um, you know, I, I find it ironic that uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, um, you were allowed to go and protest, you know, for social justice, for George Floyd. You know, that was totally fine. You know, the the rules didn't apply. You know, you you were allowed to go out and just do whatever. However, months later, when we were actually on the verge of having the uh, rollout of the vaccine, although it actually doesn't doesn't work. I know I'm not supposed to say that. Sorry. Um, And (laughs) let's let's say everything that gets this channel new. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But by then, actually, the the, the pandemic was uh, was waning. You know, it, remember, Donald Trump had COVID-19 a couple of days before the election. He was, you know, up and fine and ready to go back in the White House by the time the election was taking place. So the the, the, the entire guise of using the, the pandemic as, oh, this this, you know, is the reason why we have to do this, you know, unprecedented uh, mail in uh, you know, ballot election, which just doesn't doesn't make any sense on its face. And uh, another thing, I just want to point out real quick is that uh, we know that uh, in the 2020 election, Biden voters uh, voted by mail at a at a rate that was twice as much as uh, Republicans. So we know that almost 60 percent, it was 58 percent of Biden voters voted by mail versus uh, it was, I think, 31 percent of Trump voters. So even if the you because know, one of the things that, you know, Phil Bump and uh, people on the left are saying is well, this was widespread on both sides. So it cancels it out. No, it doesn't, because the amount of people who voted for Joe Biden dwarf those who voted uh, by mail for Donald Trump, because Republicans in general are. Uh, you know, much more willing to vote in person on election day. And that's that's a whole nother thing. You know, we we were doing uh, weeks and weeks and weeks of uh, early uh, voting by mail and, you know, in person that that's also a recipe for disaster because, you know, a lot of things come out in the days before the election, like, oh, gee, the Hunter Biden laptop story, which, you know, the the media, of course, tried to uh, prevent from, you know, actually resonating with the American people. But, you know, I, I just I think that we need to we need to go back to uh, having most people vote on Election Day in person because that's how elections should be held.
3: Yeah. So just just real quick, kind of touching on a couple of things. I totally agree with that. And I think there are some policy solutions that we can we can get behind that will help make a big difference in this. And uh, but before I get to that, I just want to reiterate some of the stuff that Jim had said about how close this was and why this really matters. Um, I want to be really clear that I don't think that the poll shows that Trump won ne- necessarily. I think what the poll shows is we don't know who won. Like, I think that's, there's so much fraud We don't know who won and this, and it's a poll. It's not a detailed investigation into every single ballot, obviously. So we can't go in and tally up who would have won and who wouldn't. So, so the idea that, oh, well, you know, these, these two things cancel each other out. Like that's an absurd argument to make uh, because we don't actually know other than we know there was massive amounts of fraud. Um, The uh, other thing that I want to, uh, talk about is specifically the states just to, just to illustrate that point that we don't know i mean this is ironclad proof that we don't know when you take what we have in our poll even if even if it's 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 uh twice as high those numbers voter fraud one in five even if that's twice as high as what it should be there's a really good chance that w- th- that the election could be different could have gone differently if we didn't have mail-in balloting, even if that's just, just half the fraud occurred or even a quarter of the fraud occurred, because in key swing states, there the election was so close. Jim referenced this earlier. It was so close that even a tiny, you know, even 3% of mail-in ballots could swing it one way or the other. So in particular, in Georgia, the election uh, tally was Biden won. Keep in mind, there were 5 million votes cast, almost 5 million votes cast, Biden won by 12,000 votes, less than 1%. 12,000 votes. In Arizona, there were over 3 million ballots cast and Biden won by about 11,000 votes, 10,000 something votes. Okay? So 11,000 votes in Georgia or so, 10,000 votes in Arizona, in Wisconsin, it was 20,000 votes with over 3 million ballots cast. So we're talking about tiny we're talking about tiny fractions of a percent. We're talking about 20,000 ballots, 10,000 ballots out of 3 million ballots. We're talking, you know, this is, this is by our poll goes way beyond that difference. So to say that we know for sure that Biden won is absurd. We can't know for sure that Biden won unless our poll is 100% wrong. I mean, if it's even if it's even 75% inflated, it's still in, indicative of a fraud that may have changed the outcome of the election depending on what happened in these specific states. That's really, really important. So how do we deal with that? Well, earlier it was said, I think by uh, Chris, but it may have been Jim, vote in person we should be voting in person and that's obviously true the problem is in a lot of states that that's just politically it's not going to happen they they're not going to do it right so is there any way that we can have mail-in balloting for people beyond just the people that actually need it for physical disabilities and stuff like that which is valid is there something we can do and the answer is yes um, there's something that would maybe not cut out all the fraud, but would cut out most of it. And that is make signatures for ballots be notarized. If you have to notarize the signature before you send it in, a notary is a, a person who's been given a stamp of approval by the government that they can verify signatures. They have, to, they have to give a notary stamp and a number so you know who the notary is, right? So why not just have um, notaries as a requirement for these signatures? Uh, the responses to that is going to be, well, notaries are, um, expensive. Some people will say that's not true. If you have a bank account, your bank will notarize documents for you, usually for nothing at all. Um, their government buildings have notaries and we could create some sort of government program that provides notaries for free there. Uh, we could have people come. I don't, I don't care. Create a program that has notaries come to disabled people's houses and give it for free if we do that. Like I don't no, care.
0: Notaries without borders, got it. Yeah, notaries
3: Yeah, notaries <laughs> on wheels, right? Like why can't we have that? Why can't we have notaries on wheels? We can. There's no reason why we can't have signature verification. The the truth is this The reason we don't have that is because people want fraud to happen. That's the only reason you wouldn't support that there. You can come up with a solution to make it easier to do or whatever. The fact of the matter is a lot of people in that situation would just say, well, if I have to go to a notary, I might as well just go and vote in person, which is exactly right. You should go and vote in person. So I think that's completely I think that's completely valid. Uh, One last thing. There's three states that that's not some crazy harebrained, you know, idea. Uh, A lot of states um, have required that at a variety of times for certain people in certain situations. Notaries are required for all kinds of legal documents. If you're buying a house, for example, if you are doing an adoption, a whole bunch of things, you have to get things notarized. That's a common thing. And um, three states already have this on the books. They require absentee ballots to have notarized signatures. Three states already have that. Um, and then other states, a handful of them say, well, we won't require a notary, but we're going to require a couple of witnesses to give their names and addresses and phone numbers and all that. I don't like that at all because it's too easy to you know forge that or to have other people say, you know, get involved in it or whatever. But that's better than nothing. Most states have nothing. They have nothing. All they have is so-called signature verification of the voter. And not even every state necessarily has that from what I could tell. And uh, how do we know it's really being verified? How do we know that a person just isn't good at forging signatures? The only way to know for sure that the person who's filling out the ballot is that person is to have some objective third party who is willing to risk their careers and is willing to risk going to jail themselves uh, like a notary. Um, verify that the signature belongs to the person whose name is on the ballot or to just vote in person. And I don't see any reason why we can't go down that road and we absolutely should.
2: you know, you know, a couple a couple of years ago, uh, especially in the early 2000s, uh mail-in voting was uh actually not liked by the left because the mail-in voting tended to help Republicans because more Republican, uh, voters were in the military. And that's, that's what the most, uh, of the mail-in ballots uh, came from. So I remember during, uh, 2000 in particular, they wanted to throw out all of the mail-in ballots. They said, no, 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 the, the mail-in ballots are the worst. Like we, you can't, you can't verify this. Gee, how times have changed.
1: even yeah, in 20, And, and even in, mostly military ballots in yeah. Florida in 2000 as well. Yep. So they wanted to yep. throw them out. They didn't get here in time. This looks fishy. We're going to exactly. I vividly remember that and even in
2: 2012 the New York Times and I've quoted this a couple of times uh in a, in a couple of ads wrote that mail and balloting has potential for fraud and it's terrible and we should try to uh you know reduce it as much as possible but the thing is and and you know we've all said this so this is not you know, any breaking news here is that the pandemic changed everything they knew yeah. I think I think that they knew that they were going to likely lose the election. So they just told themselves, what is a, what, what is a thing we can use to try to, uh, you know, w- win this election by hook or crook. And they came up with mail and ballots. And like Justin said, you know, you used sta- to, states used to have, uh, 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 measures in place where you would have an excuse, but what, what many states did, uh, is they, they ha- got rid of that and it was just an ex- no excuse. Also, most, most states, they would never in a million years uh, mass mail the ballots to the voter registration rolls because the voter registration rolls are notoriously inaccurate. However, that's what exactly happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. So uh, one one of the things that Florida did, and I think this is a great uh, uh, thing that mo- more states should follow, is Florida said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We are going to uh, cleanse the voter rolls after every election. And it's it's incumbent upon each voter to re-register. And re-registering to vote is the simplest thing in the world. I can tell you, in Illinois, I get postcards, even though I'm a registered voter, all the time from the Secretary of State, reminding me in the lead up to the election. So it's the most it's one of the most simple things you can do. You can do it at the DMV. You can do it you know online. You can do it you know by mail. Registering to vote should you know should be a requirement and we should make sure that it is done in a timely manner before the election so that we aren't using outdated voter rolls with people who live in different states or have moved or who have died who are still on the voting rolls because we'll never know what happened to those ballots that got mailed to those people. I live in an apartment complex and I can tell you that there were ballots, I mean. It all over the place in, in the lead up to the 2020 election. And that's that that's crazy. That should not have happened. You know, I mean, I just I remember, had a ballot sent to my house. I that remember just thinking like, wow, really I
0: cannot believe they're dropping ballots from happening. blimps and stuff. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh yeah, you know, and, and I think another thing about this is like any solutions. It's like you have to almost do it now. Like uh, Whatever action uh, that that could result from this poll and all the results like needs to happen sooner rather than later because we know that like anything to kind of uh, assure our elections or you know shore them up whatever is always met with this accusation that it's like voter suppression it's hidden voter suppression so if you wait you know obviously all this stuff was done pandemic you know unprecedented all this types of stuff it's like we're not in that anymore so let's change it let's change it back and now the longer we wait the the more likely we're gonna be met with this accusation that whatever reverting it back to how it was is just voter suppression. So it's like this action this action needs to happen like sooner rather than later. But uh, we we're already almost at the hour mark. But I did promise we get to the second part of our poll, so we're gonna quickly get to it. Uh, there was a whole another section of this poll that is uh, that released a day earlier. Probably won't get as much media attention, I assume. But uh, some of the results were pretty crazy. This was all asking about Donald Trump and the legal issues that he finds himself in and people's positions on issues that relate to that. So top line results that we got here. 47% of likely voters believe Trump guilty of alleged crimes to overturn the 2020 election, including 72% of Democrats and 20% of Republicans. 18% of Democrats' uh, likely voters think Trump should be punished by jail for life, permanent exile, or death if found guilty. Almost one in five Democrats pick that as an answer of what his punishment should be. 77% of Democrat-likely voters think Trump should be banned from running for public office ever again if found guilty. 48% of likely voters say media members who alleged Election fraud should be criminally punished if Trump found guilty. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that is, uh, that is pretty crazy, Jim. I mean, it says 48% of Democrat likely voters believe media members who alleged election fraud should be banned from public speaking. Receive prison time or a combination of both. So, are we included in that, Jim? Uh, Do the Democrat likely voters want us in jail? Uh, What What are your takes on these results?
1: Well, as I I think I joked with uh, in a text with Justin that this uh, this poll itself is a uh, is a perpetual punishment machine because (laughs) you can uh, you know they haven't invented a perpetual a perpetual motion machine yet, but we have a perpetual punishment machine here because um, you know if you well, first of all, I just wanna back up a little bit. So so the idea is like Trump is guilty of the crime of trying to overturn the 2020 election. Okay, that was the wording in the poll and, and people responded that yes, he had um, he did that. And a lot of people think he's already guilty before there's any trial. I mean, the trial is ridiculous anyway, but let's just examine that. Did Trump try to overturn the 2020 election? The answer is yes, he did. I would have answered yes to that. Did I, Do I think Trump tried to overturn the 2020 election? He did. Through le- entirely legal and constitutional means, through means that the Democrats and the Left were trying to do to him in 2016, and tried to do to George W. Bush in 2000 or 2001, I guess, when when uh, when the certification would have happened. So so spare me this this garbage too. But uh, I mean, I think it's I mean nearly half of likely voters want Trump in prison or put to death if found guilty, and a huge majority of those who already think he's guilty, 83% of them want him to be put in jail or be put to death. I mean, that's that's just remarkable. But, you know, me as a former member of the media, I uh, I always I you know, I, I really love the fact that we asked that in this poll. It's like, well, what should happen to the people in the media? And they're probably thinking of Sean Hannity or or uh, talk, just about every radio talk show host around the country who were supporting the idea that the election wasn't on the up and up. A very disturbingly large number of American people want us put in jail for questioning the outcome of the 2020 election. That is unbelievable to me. That's one of the more shocking things about this poll overall, other than the fraud itself. Mm. The idea that you can't have an that there's an opinion that you have in the United States where a large number of your fellow Americans want you put in jail for it. That's 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 insane. And then um, there was other forms of punishment too. I don't I don't think too many people thought that talking about this should be the death penalty. Although there must have been one or two of people who thought that. But there was also the option. Um, You know, there was jail for five or five plus years. There was jail between one and four years. There was in jail for less than a year. Uh, But there was also another punishment option being prevented from speaking publicly, presumably for the rest of your life. And so there are a lot of Americans who think that nobody you should be able to Hannity should be taken off the air. Tucker should never be able to start his own news network and be on Twitter. I mean, that is insane. And, you know, (laughs) You just wonder what's happening to your country. There's so many questions in this poll that reveal things that are very dark. It's very dark to think that your fellow Americans should be put to, you know, put in jail, have their freedom taken from them, have their lives ruined because they look around and they looked at what happened in the in the last presidential election and think it's kind of fishy. The idea that that should be punishable by jail or death or forever being silenced. There's hardly anything more un-American than that
2: yeah, yeah. Bonnie, just real, real quick the 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 free speech element really really struck me because you know I've been watching uh these congressional uh hearings this week uh with the Ivy League presidents and the Ivy League presidents are saying well it's okay to to say gas to Jews it's okay to say you know whatever you want uh but 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 you can't you but you can't even say that the 2020 election might have been. Uh, you know, not not on the up and up. I mean, it's it's just the the contrast is so incredibly stark. And just real one more uh, quick point about what Jim was talking about. When I read the wording of that, those that media people who have questioned the 2020 election should not be allowed to speak in public. I mean, I took that to the nth degree. Where, where, so should Sean Hannity be allowed to take a uh, like a megaphone and walk into you know Times Square and say, "Hi, I think the 2020 election was," you know, it's like so. So should Sean Hannity like like literally be muzzled for the rest of his life? Should his uh you know sh- should we have his like vocal cords like ripped out? Like, I mean, that just goes to show how, uh, you know, like how rabid they are about this thing. And and I think that goes back to Mm -hmm. to my earlier point is they are so worried about, uh, the truth coming out that they will go to any degree to prevent, you know, the, the spread of the truth. And one of the things that I've always, you know, like that I've always tried to do in my life and especially here at Heartland is just seek the truth wherever, wherever it takes me. And I think that this, this poll, you know, is, is, you know, symbolic of that. And the, the the mainstream media and, you know, the intellectual left, they just don't want us to even get out there. And that's a very, very, you know, dark uh, place that we're entering where, you know, they don't want the, the media to even talk about the things
0: of the day. Like, wow. No, yeah. It says banned from public speaking. It didn't say banned from public speaking on a certain topic. I think it was just right. no speaking part. Right. Th- I mean, yeah, I, that I, I, was I read it. yeah, that's how I read it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Justin, Justin, final words on all this. We're already long of the episode, but uh, just whatever your takeaways on this and uh, any other thing that we've talked about so far.
3: Yeah. So um, just just to make it entirely clear, because I don't think that we brought brought this up and it wasn't actually immediately evident to me. But then as Chris and Jim were talking about the second part of the poll, I I remembered this Um, to say that you want to ban someone from speaking or put them in jail because they questioned the election is unconstitutional and like blatantly unconstitutional. You have a constitutional right. See, it's one thing to say, well, Trump tried to overturn the election. Now I think he has a constitutional right to, 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 to think that the election is fraudulent and whatever. But they're saying that there was an action there. But on the media side, all these people are saying is, yeah, they, they, they questioned it. So they should go to jail and be or be fined or some or not are banned from speaking. They should have to be punished too. It's like, well, that they have a constitutional right to say that. <laughs> you, you know, like I, I don't even understand the mindset of the person who wants to do that. It's so authoritarian and is unreal. Um, when we asked people, so one of the things we were reading the results off earlier. The results were for um, people. It was by party affiliation and stuff like that we talked about. But it was of people generally that we asked. So all all thousand plus people, 10, 85, all those people. uh, How did they answer the question? And then by party affiliation, right? But we also have a breakdown of how the people who said he was guilty, specifically what they said, right? So of the people who said that the media was guilty or that Trump was guilty. So the media therefore is also guilty, right? Uh, Of those people, it was even higher. It was 60% of those people, Democrats, 60% of Democrats said it should either be a speech ban, prison for less than a year, prison for more than a year, or both a speech ban and prison. And 32% said uh, that it should be a fine. So sixty percent had a, an incredibly of Democrats have an incredibly harsh all unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional to do this. sixty uh, percent of them want to either put you in prison or ban you from ever speaking, or both if you question the election among the people who thought that he was actually uh, guilty, that President Trump was guilty. For President Trump himself, among the people who thought that he was guilty, it was even it was way worse than what we said earlier when we reported that. Among the people who said, prison, permanent exile, or death among Democrats, it was 89%. So of the people, of the Democrats who say, I think Trump is guilty, 89% said he should either go to prison, he should be exiled, or he should be dead. That's 89%. So we're talking about like wildly authoritarian uh, uh, tendencies amongst people on the left. Uh, when it has it has anything to do with Donald Trump, they have these wildly authoritarian tendencies. Now, can you imagine for a moment if back in the day, let's say when uh, you know, like in the '90s or something, you had Republicans come out and say, you know, anyone who says that gay marriage should happen back before this is before gay marriage was allowed, anyone who's pro gay marriage, they should go to prison. What would the left say <laughs> if we if the if the right had done that, or what would the left say if if you know, Republicans were saying, you know, if we win the election, we're going to we're going to put anyone in prison who says that the election wasn't stolen. Anyone who says the election wasn't <laughs> stolen. We're going to jail. Can you imagine what the left would say in that case? And that is exactly the kind of thing that they're totally comfortable. It's like a warm, cozy blanket that they wrap over themselves. This authoritarian just throw anybody in prison find them shut them up don't let them talk if it has anything to do with donald trump at all and it is actually a shame it is a shame in a way that the second part of this poll is technically publishes two polls it is a shame that the second part of this poll got absolutely buried crushed by the other poll, because this is really important stuff too. It's just
0: yeah, this was our backup no plan.
3: Time for the <laughs> I right? If
0: the first if the first section came out and like nobody admitted to it, this was our backup plan. Well, at least we can it run was. with this half of the poll. It was so. it really no, but Danny, I think it's always important to put the shoe in the other foot. Could you imagine in
2: 2017 if Donald Trump came out and said, "By the way, you're not allowed to question the election. You just can't do that." I mean, like right. the left would walk, go walk up Hillary, go bonkers, right? Right. <laughs>
0: The, the, yeah, the, no the, doubt. The, the, the well, it reminds me, it reminded me of the,
1: the, the last big poll we did with Rasmussen was actually I looked it up the other day, it was in January of this year. So it's like 11, 12 months ago. And it was about uh, COVID. So uh, let's mention COVID so we can get this, uh we can get banned for several. <laughs> yeah, we hit the trifecta. There. Great, great. But it was just it was a, a. I don't know, I I forget the number, but it was a disturbingly large amount of people who said that if you didn't have your um uh there you go if uh, you're a parent and didn't have your kid vaccinated that the state should take that child away from you. Right. I mean, that's, that's, yep. and it was mostly Democrats. It's like this authoritarian uh, instinct on the, on the left. And, and increasingly the democratic party is one controlled entirely by radical leftists who are authoritarians yeah. and who just, or just seem to be really almost sexually excited by tyranny, you know? And so they will take your children away <laughs> from you if you don't want them. Uh, if you don't want them vaccinated, you know, all of the, you know, all of the oppression that we had through COVID was all brought to us by the left. And then, and, and the left controls our institutions. And until we can win a fair election and start to throw these people out, one of the things that excites me about the parts of the Republican debates that I've seen um, is the idea that um, they're going to fire. I think DeSantis said, you know, when I get in office, I'm going to fire all these people, like the justice department, 80% of you guys are getting fired. We're going to, we have to retake all these uh, institutions I'd like to believe that could happen. I don't really think it would happen, but that's actually what is necessary in order to protect this country and the freedoms that we supposedly enjoy.
2: Jim, I, know, I mean, Donnie, I know we're going long, but Jim, Jim brings up such a great point here, and I, you know, I think that the the government institutions are one thing, but we also need to pay attention to the education because you know this is happening because students are being taught, and I was a I was a teacher not that long ago that uh you know freedom freedom of speech is is not applicable across the board, and you know it's it's either hate speech or it's just you know controversial topics, but that's a slippery slope, and now it's getting to the point where you can't say things you know, about an election, about, you know, the pandemic, and it's, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that uh, w- what's happening right now with, uh, you know, Harvard and MIT, and some of these other, uh, you know, elite uh, universities, is that th- th- this is going to, you know, have a rebound effect. And I think that, you know, the, the fact that the, you know, Harvard president is basically, you know, on the verge of probably being fired, I hope that this, you know, just... Uh, it spurs a, a, uh, you know, a, a dramatic turnaround where, you know, college campuses, high schools, even, you know, grade schools where it becomes okay again to, you know, to, to state an opinion, you know, stating an opinion is not hurtful. It's not harmful. Whatever happened when I was a kid, sticks and stones would break my bones, but names would never hurt me. Like all those kind of things, those idioms, they they're, they're true you know but we we need we need to get back into a society in which we allow people to have you know opinions in which we allow for a vigorous debate you know of those opinions because that's that's the only way that you're going to you know ever you know coexist with uh you know people who don't agree with you
0: yeah, yeah. It'll be very interesting to see where this poll goes from this point on, uh, especially the the first part that we started off the whole first 50 minutes of this podcast talking about. Uh, certainly it is not uh, it's not out of the media cycle yet. Um, hopefully Justin will be on. With Tucker next week, I've got some radio interviews coming on, you know, the next couple of days. Uh, Donald Trump is probably just going to be in his normal lineup of things to talk about in his rallies and maybe throughout the entire campaign leading up all the way to the general election. So we will see. And also, if there are people out there that were tuning in to see Davos Watch, that's usually at the end of these episodes. I do actually have a whole lot of material prepared. I just wasn't able to kind of organize it in time for this episode because we were just trying to deal with all of the interview requests and everything over the last couple of days. So Davos Watch will return next week. I promise you there. Gentlemen, any last comments, anything you want to get off your chest before we wrap it up today?
1: I would just say that when you hear Donald Trump on a a campaign rally talk about voter fraud, when you hear anybody talk about voter fraud as we approach the election, remember
0: where it came from. None of that discussion is is happening without the Heartland Institute. That is right. All right. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the In the Tank Podcast. Join us every week for a new episode. Those audio-only listeners that are probably catching the show on a Friday or later. First off, leave a review for us on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated. Or you could join us a day earlier where we are live streaming this on Facebook and YouTube and Rumble and X. And uh, you can join the conversation, throw your comments and questions in the chat. Maybe we'll show your comments in the screen. Maybe we'll address your questions on the fly. You can also help out the show by uh, using that super chat functionality. Uh, where you can guarantee your comment or question be read on the air or you could just help us out by hitting that like button sharing this content subscribe if you haven't already or just leaving a comment under the video all helps break through those big tech algorithms that prevent content like this from being shown to more people on x you can find us at in the tank pod if you have any comments or suggestions for the show feel free to email us at in at gmail.com jim likely where can the fine people find you
1: you can find me at Jay Lakely on uh, Twitter slash X at Heartland Inst on Twitter slash X. And uh, what do you say, Tiny Trump? That's right. Always visit
0: heartland.org. Fantastic. Justin Haskins, same question.
1: At
3: Justin T. Haskins on Twitter slash X. I guess that's what we're calling it now. And uh, yeah, check out the poll at heartland.org. If you go to the web page, you'll be able to see... I think both polls, but certainly the voter fraud poll will be up there on the main screen for you to
0: look at all the results. Absolutely. And Chris Talgo, what do you have to pitch today? Tarland.org, go there. Look at these polls, read them, you know, it
2: will blow your mind. And please, please inspire other people to do the same.
0: Right. Absolutely. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you next week.
2: Do not listen to the Emma Tank podcast. It is a dangerous show of dangerous men with some dangerous malarkey, and I do not stand for it. All right, where's my vice president, Condoleezza Rice?